I love wine regions that are undeniably genuine and that always over deliver. For me, that sums up Paso Robles. In fact, the first time I got on a plane in over a year was to visit Paso back in April. Paso sits in the heart of California's central coast. It's a big wine region with many diverse microclimates that allows for a stunning array of grapes to thrive. In short, Paso has range. They aren't known for just one or two varietals. They make interesting blends, cabs and Bordeaux-inspired wines, Syrah and Rhone-style wines, Zinfandel, Tempranillo, and even beautiful white wines. Side note, my number one wine of 2020 was a Zen Tempranillo blend from Paso. I also love that it's made up of over 200 family-owned wineries, salt-of-the-earth people who put their heart and soul into their wines. Paso Robles is special, and the word is getting out. You need to go check it out and see for yourself what the buzz is all about. You can learn more at PasoWine.com. That's P-A-S-O Wine.com. Hey, I'm MJ Taller, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the Mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. Hey, everybody. What's up? It's your boy, MJ. Welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest today is the chef and owner of one of the most sought-after and popular pizzerias in all of Brooklyn, and I dare say the world, uh, Mark Iacono. He was born and raised in Carroll Gardens. He grew up fully immersed in Italian-American culture. He was a self-described regular neighborhood kid. He enjoyed his grandmother's cooking, playing center field, and trips to the local candy shop with his father. Having a passion to work with his hands, Mark excelled in shop class while in high school, and then as an adult, he spent many years in marble fabrication, a trade at which that he's been described as unbelievable. In 2006, without any experience in the culinary arts or restaurant business, Mark opened his now iconic pizzeria, Lucali. Its location is in the very same storefront of the candy store he used to frequent with his father when he was a child. Drawing his inspiration from his grandmother, and despite never having studied pizza making of any kind, he's manned the oven six nights a week making perfectly crisp pies that the New York Times called matchless and high-end dining unlike any other in New York. Uh, Lucali has become a BYOB destination for wine collectors. The front window is lined with empty Burgundy bottles, Bordeaux, Super Tuscans, and there's even a 1971 Latash in that window. The restaurant has guests like the, uh, the likes of Al Pacino, Paul McCartney, David Beckham, and of course, Jay-Z and Beyonce, who famously skipped the Oscars and went to Lucali for pizza instead. Not the Oscars, the Grammys. I don't want to correct you. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm not sure. Like, I, I, this is real. <laughs> like, yeah. my, my listeners know. Did MJ just? Fuck, I mean, yeah, he did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Mark's wood-fired pies have become so popular, in fact, that he expanded his business in 2013 with a Miami location, and even more recently, in the summer of 2021, he opened an equally sought-after 
uh, slice shop, and we'll get into that for you guys from around the country who don't know what a slice shop is, and it's called Baby Luke's. Mark has appeared in New York Magazine, Insider. He's been on the Today Show, Late Night with Seth Meyers, and on Netflix, Ugly Delicious. He also has hosted three seasons of Thrillist Really Doe series. Welcome, Mark. Anything else you'd like to add? Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, I thank you for being I, here, man. How did you know I played center field? Where did you guys get that I, one? Dude, I don't do the research. Right. I, don't, I don't know how. I just, I, I ask for stuff, and then it magically appears in my inbox. <laughs> Can we make a quick toast? And yeah. Drinking? Yeah. Cheers, man. Thanks for cheers. coming on, man. Cheers. Super psyched. We're cheersing over to the producer in the studio today, the lovely Ronnie. Um, so. Um, Very nice, by the way. Yeah. Um, so Ronnie, I'm, not the wine. Yeah, I mean, she's awesome. <laughs> I know. You know, so we're just drinking. We're sipping on a little uh, Super Tuscan. It's a uh, Radini Tenuto. I'm not even going to try and say this. It's a Toscano. It is a Sangiovese uh, Merlot and Cab blend. Um, because, you know, uh, Mark is Italian, and I, and I need to drink more Italian wine, yeah, just but, quite yeah. frankly. <laughs> so let's start Let's start at the beginning. Um, you were born and raised in the Carroll Garden section of Brooklyn, right? Correct. Uh, the New York Times said that you uh, called you a live-and-die neighborhood guy. Um, what was it like uh, growing up in a, 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 a neighborhood back in the day? Like, It was amazing. I, I listen, you know, I, I had an amazing childhood, very adventurous, you know. Growing up in you know, um even in Carroll Gardens it was phenomenal. You know. I I wouldn't change it, you know, grew up poor. There wasn't, you know, not a lot of um you know, the neighborhood had its one percenters mm -hmm. and predominantly it was a uh, blue collar neighborhood. And you know, we just, you know, the, the whole neighborhood was our playground. So, like, do you have siblings? Like, how many are in your family? Your siblings? I have uh, three brothers. I have two older, one younger. Um, my oldest just passed. Sorry um, to hear that. Oh, thank you. Um, and they were a big part, you know, growing up, especially with me because I was kind of like, you know, we were all, um, you know, me and my younger brother, I think we're... 16 months apart and the one older than me um two years and my older brother my oldest brother you know was another two years so we were kind of close in age mm -hmm. um you know at, at a very young age um you know i mostly hung out with my younger brother and then um as i got older you know um i started leaning more towards uh my you know the second oldest, you know, you know, he was taking me to my first clubs and everything, right. you know, <laughs> while my younger brother was too young to go. And, you know, and that, and that was it. And then I want to say at around the age of 18, 20, um, you know, we all hung out together, you know. Very cool. We, I was hanging out with the older guys. I was hanging out with the younger guys, mm -hmm. you know. So, um a lot of fights or just brothers that got along like no four boys bad. as a hand it was bad <laughs> my, my mom had it 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 you know my dad died when i was 10 years old mm. and uh you know um there was fighting um but after he passed and we got older um the fighting got really bad where you know my uncles had to step in and you know 
<laughs> I, 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 uncle discipline must be some, some, some other type of discipline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there was the one that, you know, was sat down and talked to us. And then there was the one that, you know, <laughs> you know, with, 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 you know, threatened our life. <laughs> yeah. And it got ugly. And then, you know, um, utensils started getting involved and, you know, pipes and all that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, again, uh, you know, the, the, the relationships with my brothers, oh, God, you know, they're, they're everything to me. That's awesome. That's you know, awesome. And, and the fighting just stopped at a certain age. You yeah. Know, I, I think, you know, you know, once we hit, like, once I hit, I would venture to say 19, it just stopped. <laughs> That's yeah. a long time. <laughs> yeah, because you know, you know, you know, twenty-year-olds. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, and and twenty today. Uh, I mean, twenty back then is like thirty today. Yeah, you know. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah, and and you know, we grew up fight. You know, you know the whole thing. Like, you know, I'll see you at three o'clock. Yeah. You know, yeah. after school, like they, they, that was like once a week. Yeah, like that's no joke. Like I think about like, and I'm not. Uh, there's a book, the, um, you know, and and then I mean, I remember. Shit, uh, you know, two hundred people showing up to a fight, right? You know, right? Yeah, that was the thing. Like, uh, it was, it was literally. Um, I, I remember one fight that, that that took place in the neighborhood. You know, um, and again, growing up, now these guys are some of my best friends now. You know, but two corners down, <laughs> you know, they were the enemy. Yeah, you know, and then when. You know, someone else came into the neighborhood from a different neighborhood. We teamed up with them and, you know, <laughs> but, you know, that's how it was. And I, I remember this, you know, one of their guys got one of my guys mm -hmm. and then we got one of their guys. And then I remember that one night there was like the corner we hung out, like a whole union showed up. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Like, like, well, yeah, like yeah, one yeah. of my guys, well, you know, one of the guys we beat up, like his uncle was the president the, the, of the, the union. <laughs> And if you didn't show up on that corner to throw me, me and my guys a beating, like, you ain't working. It was like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's so interesting because I think, like, um, that's just, like, but I, I love your love for your neighborhood. Like, Lisa, you wouldn't change a thing. Like, like I think, believe everything that we grow we, we grow up makes us who we are, you know? But, like, but, I mean, that, I mean that's probably uh, a tougher, uh, you know, upbringing not that it was bad then the most people because like i think people are soft right listen I mean, but but with everything i'm telling you i mean it really wasn't you know there are neighborhoods where it's a lot tougher sure and, you know it wasn't it wasn't that bad yeah yeah you know yeah you um know, i mean i don't want to make it sound like i grew up in this you know <laughs> like i was you know <laughs> no but you know there were some hairy moments yeah yeah um but like I didn't walk around the streets worrying, watching, having to watch my back. Right. It wasn't like that. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not. It's not like like a crime ridden neighborhood. It's yeah. just 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 the you, neighborhood. You know, we, we put up our hands and had a drink after we were done. Yeah. When lose a draw. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so your mom in my, in my lady years, it got a little hairy. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. What was uh, what was kind of like? Um, you, you talk a lot about in other interviews about your grandmother, kind of mm -hmm. being an inspiration um, for getting the restaurant business. Um, what kind of uh, meals did did like your mother, your grandmother prepare for you uh, growing up? 
Oh God. I mean, I I think the the most important meal was that you know we would never call it pasta. You know that was too fancy. We called it macaroni. Right. You know, and <laughs> I, you know, and no matter what version of pasta it was, it was called macaroni. You know, <laughs> it wasn't fusilli or rigatoni. You know, it was macaroni. I love that. Um, <laughs> Unless you had spaghetti, <laughs> then it was spaghetti <laughs> or lasagna, um, or stuffed shells or raviolis. <laughs> but you know that whole fusilli, total, yeah, you know, right. no macaroni, capitelli. Yeah, no macaroni. Um, I, I, I think that was the most, uh, you know, that's the meal that sticks out most in my mind. Every Sunday, it was like you know, it was like church at my house. Yeah, growing up. Yeah, I was gonna ask. So and, and the famous you, Sunday and, gravy, and, and you don't miss mass. Yeah, oh, okay. You, you don't miss, you know. It, it, you know, you didn't show up. You know, it was always like anywhere from you know anywhere from fifteen to thirty people. Mm. You know, but they were the fifteen regulars, and those regulars, you show up. Yeah. I mean, I I never went. You know, I had this conversation the other day. I've never been the only sport, probably. I've never been to a professional football game mm. why football's always oh, on, it's on sunday. sunday wow yep yeah i played my football um you know latest games were 12 o'clock you know the games started anyway 8 10 12 and boom right home sunday dinner eating dinner watching the games on tv with my brothers my uncles cousins you know yep does that, does that tradition continue with your family um <laughs> It's kind of been put on hold. Um, you, you know, things things uh, are kind of a little weird right now. Okay. Uh, with what happened, um, I don't even know if you want to get into this kind of sad story, but a beautiful story at the same time. Yeah, listen, it's, it's the people. It's not about wine. It's about getting to know you, and um, you know, you know, COVID. Yep. You know, uh, we couldn't gather at the house. So, you know, and then in November, I lost my uncle who passed to COVID. And then in January, you know, this was my grandmother's thing. And um, when my grandmother passed, everyone was like, mm. you know, what happens with Sunday dinner? You know, she was the old, and my mom just stepped in and uh, took it over and it continued for another 18 years. She passed in January mm. and, you know, we're still in the middle of this COVID thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think my family, we haven't regrouped yet, mm -hmm. you know, and we're just trying to grasp, get a hold on everything that we've been through over the last year. Yeah. And I think it's going to fall in my lap, you okay. know, me and my sister-in-law. Mm -hmm. um, and I told you to say, um, one of the things was um, my mom, we had her in home hospice. Okay. And... Um, and, and this was, I, I think, second week in January. And for no other reason, not, I don't even think it had anything to do with my mom. My sister-in-law was, like, fed up, you know, that we didn't do Sunday dinner. We haven't had it. The cousins haven't seen each other, you know. And you know what? She's like, I don't care. I'm doing it. Whoever comes, comes. If they don't come, I, you know, we mm -hmm. understand. And that day, everyone showed up. Mm. And, and, and again, especially with my mother, if you didn't show up on Sunday dinner, 
all hell would break loose. <laughs> and, you know, my mom, pretty much incoherent. Um, everyone came, happened to, you know, everyone showed up mm. more than usual. Mm -hmm. You know, the cousins from Jersey came in and it was like, wow, we had a packed house. And in between the, I'm going to call it pasta now, mm -hmm. in between the macaroni, like the way we do our Sunday dinner, we have the macaroni first, mm -hmm. take a little break, have the meat and salad and all that other stuff, the meatballs, barjol, and, uh, in between that break, you know, I usually go outside and have a cigarette. And uh, before I went in, uh, went back downstairs, I says, let me go up and see if the, uh, we had a, a girl staying with us, see if she wanted me to bring her up a dish of macaroni. And I see my mom there, and I was like, that's it. She ain't. And I called everyone from up downstairs, like, yo, you all need to get up here. And everyone came up, and in between Sunday dinner break, my mom passed with her whole family. You know, her brother holding one hand, her sister holding another, all her grandchildren, her her, her kids, everyone was there. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of like a. Um, that is actually very beautiful. That's a beautiful way yeah. to to to, and, to transition. Yeah, yeah, yep. and you know she and we, you know, and I don't know. We don't know if she waited for that or uh, I don't know. You know, it's just like this. Amazing, you know, as much as I wish she was still here with us, mm -hmm. you know, it's, there's this, I don't know, what's the word you use for this? You know. Is, is it serendipity? Yeah, serendipitous. Um, Ser yeah. You know, I had a similar situation with the, that's what my mom, mom lived for right sunday dinner right like, the, like like the family like together people say like my mother we i put her through hospice and <clears throat> she was hanging on and the hospice nurse said he's like you know is there anybody she hasn't talked to you know like you know and uh my mother her best friend was my aunt they used to talk every morning and my aunt couldn't deal with my mom passing away I have another crazy story about my aunt but go ahead and 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 you know i, I said to my cousin i was like you gotta have uh you gotta have mary call her you know and 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 then like she passed the next day there but like they, they say like and for your your mom probably like that like everybody had their macaroni she was good to go yeah yeah and, and it's funny you mentioned your aunt dealing with your mom my aunt um last week of my mother's life insisted on staying at the house with her and, you know, my mother really didn't speak, you know, she really couldn't talk. But my aunt, you know, just in conversation with her, like another, you know, one of the things that my grandmother made, something that we grew up on, had it at least once a week, was peas and macaroni. Mm -hmm. So my mom just talking to my aunt, to, uh, my aunt just talking to my mom, just, you know, again, she would just lay there and just say things to her. And she was like, yeah, I'm making peas and macaroni. You want a dish? And my mother opened her eyes and said, yes. Mm -hmm. My aunt, you know, didn't take her serious. And my aunt made it because that's what she was making for herself. And, you know, my mom, who I don't think ate, you know, it was a week, mm -hmm. sat up, was coherent for an hour, mm -hmm. ate her piece of macaronis, <laughs> and boom, went back down. And, uh, like, I rushed there, and she was still, I was like, you know, hey, mom, I heard you ate. And she was like, yep. It was pretty much yes and no mm -hmm. answers from her. And, uh. Another one of my grandmother's famous dishes was uh, spaghetti with crab sauce. Mm -hmm. And joking around, I just said to my mom, Mom, what do you want for lunch tomorrow? She was like, spaghetti and crabs. And I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, I didn't think she was going to, you know, because she was getting worse every day. And I said, you know what, I'm making it. 
you know, my aunt's here. Um, my cousins were coming by to visit. And I said, you know, let me make grandma's spaghetti and crabs. And I made it. And she got up the next day. Mm. And she ate it. And she ate it, you know. <laughs> and she went, you know, back to... Uh, she complained. I put too much red pepper. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And... Um, after that meal, like, you know, I was always taking my mom to the doctor, mm -hmm. you know, once, twice a week prior to her, you know, them telling her there's nothing more we can do. And I would get her out of the wheelchair. I was like, all right, you ready to stand up? You know, you ready to dance with me? And she would get out of the wheelchair and, like, I'd hold on to her and, was, like, we'd shuffle and I'd put her in the car. And, um, you know, there's a woman that's been lying in a bed for two months. And after she ate the... Um, the pasta, the spaghetti and crabs, you know, joking around. I was like, uh, you know, she, I was like, you mind, you want to sit in your chair? She was like, yep. I was like, what? Yep. We slid the chair over. She sat in it. And joking around, I said, hey, Ma, you want to, I was like, what movie you want to watch? She was like, Shrek. I was like, okay. Because <laughs> she used to watch that with her grandchildren. Yeah, yep. You know, that lived downstairs. And then I was like, anything else? She's like, Ottoman. Now, this is a woman that we haven't, you know, it's like, okay. And this was a Saturday. And then uh, joking around with her. And I said, Ma, you want to dance? She was like, yep. And I was like, all right. You know, I walked over. To her. I was like, all right, put your arms around my neck. You know the routine. And she put her arms around my neck, stood up. Again, being, after being in bed for two months, mm. I'm out of bed. She danced with me for about a minute, you know, um, gave a little groan. She was in pain. I put her back in her bed, and then the whole Sunday dinner incident happened. And mm. just, a, it was just, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's those moments, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, they're magical. And you know, let's uh, go. Let's but we're gonna, but, but, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 um, that's a deep dive. He's like, mm -hmm. people, people are like, he's not, even, they're not even talking about wine. They haven't even got the pizza yet. <laughs> So, um, so let's talk about. You originally had a career in construction, um, marble and uh, like granite and all that tile and stuff. Like, tell me about uh, marble, granite, fabricated. I actually did. You know, in uh, ninety two, ninety three, I was. I had a restaurant. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Too. I mean, you mentioned. You know, so I. You know, I wasn't that. You know, you weren't. But it was a sports bar. Okay. No pizza. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, no dish, but like frozen wings is everything just go in the fryer, no, no, or no. you made we, it? We had a full menu. Really? Yeah. Uh, double cut pork chops. Uh, Damn. Yeah. Um, you name. Oh uh, God, we had maybe four pasta dishes, um, steak au pois, and then we had you know the chicken wings and the burgers too. Now, were you cooking there, or did you did you have a chef working for uh, you? the chefs? You know, I would get in the kitchen a little, and okay. like they they throw me out. <laughs> go, go get behind the bar and bartend so 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 um and so that was like for like two years you said like 91 92 well, I, I did that i think it was uh you know me my three brothers it was the four of us and my uncle uh opened that bar together you know my older brother signed a lease he wanted you know us to do something together and uh you know, and, and my uncle, who was, you know, you know, I had two uncles that were like father figures in my life, and he was one of them. 
And uh, so the five of us opened up a sports bar. Very successful. But I think it, I was 21. Oh. You know, and uh, my brother, just, my oldest brother just bought us out. <laughs> 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 Leave it at that. <laughs> so <clears throat> I learned a lot of lessons. Okay. There, you know, what not to do. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, how to. Was this also like in your neighborhood or was yeah, it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay. Went in Cowgirls. Okay. Um, so I was, I'm thinking like with working with, uh, marble fabrication, like that's very artisanal, mm-hmm. um, very hands-on. Um, what, what similarities, uh, do you see in that and how you're able to transition into making artisanal and, and, and by artisanal, I, you know, I don't mean like, uh. Uh, fancy smancy but just like the artist like the craftsmanship of making that perfect like margarita like did you see do you see any parallels or any lessons you learned from um i think it's just my um i don't know if you would call it personality um whenever i did something like like you know they used to joke at the mobile shop like hey M- michael when is it going to be done and they were referring to michelangelo you know <laughs> like, like you know, I would make sure it was perfect, you know, and 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 it had to be. My name was on it, you know, and I, you know, and I and uh, kind of put myself in a weird position. Like I kind of became like the hotshot, and uh, you know. So what happens is, you know, I, I don't want the guys like making fun. Like we would break each, you know, breaking the walls, yeah, yeah. You know, break each other's chops. <laughs> oh yeah, you did a great job there, yeah. And like I never wanted to hear that. And I always wanted to impress my boss. And I think in opening up the pizzeria, um, you know, cause I was really good at what I did as far as like, I, I you know, I was like top in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the local shops, they were all trying to grab me. Um, and, and it was at a very young age. Um, and believe it or not, like the, you know, growing up, these baseball teams, like the companies in the neighborhood would sponsor teams. And mm-hmm. I forget a guy, Joe McGuire, I was working, I forgot who I was working. I was working for my uncle at the time, his marble shop, but it was out in Jersey. And he was like, yo, I heard you do some, you know, at a baseball game, he approached me. My team was playing 4 <laughs> marble. And like, they, he kind of like poached me, you know? <laughs> and, and at a very young age, I think I was like 18 years old. And, you know, when I go into this shop and there's all these old Italian men that yeah. have been doing this their whole lives. And I came in and I was like, they, they're like, we've never seen someone do work like that before. Wow. And I was actually teaching these older guys, you know? Um, I, you know what it is? I, it's just, I'm very good with my hands. Got it. You know, even at, at a very, very young age, like my parents thought I was weird. You know, I was taking things apart, putting them back together, you know, figuring out, you know, I can't spell for shit, but ask me to build something. Yeah. You know, but people... Show me a P&L and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, you know, I, people don't realize that uh, there's so much intelligence in your hands. Like, Like, literally that's like how how we learn is with our hands and and it's a it's very highly it takes like you said like to have that innate ability to take something apart put it back together to mm-hmm. to 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 craft like with marble like you know this marble is like that's expensive stuff like yeah you know yeah, what i mean yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and like i said so you know it was my my, my company at the time i mean we were doing or, or, you know, we were a small boutique shop, but we were doing, like, I, I, like, I think I did, like, seven jobs in 740 Park Avenue, which was the most exclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, I did work for Frank Sinatra. Mm. Those were our clients. Mm-hmm. 
you know and you know so we didn't we didn't mess around yeah you know and uh it was it but i think as far as the pizza goes like um a, a lot of that has to do like i says i'm not a chef but I mean, I think, I mean, if, if I knew how to spell it, well, you know, <laughs> or you, I'd be a food critic, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I think that's more my, um, my specialty. Yeah. Like, you know, every time I go out to dinner, my friend's like, so what do you think, Mark? You know, and they're, they're, they're waiting for me to pick it apart. Right. And, um, and, and I think, you know, I think where, it, um, like, and I've helped a lot of, uh, chefs, like, again, I can't make rice. I really can't. I don't know how to make rice. And, um, but like you show me how to make something and I'm going to make it better. Yeah. You know, or like a lot of chefs, like, I was like, you know what? More of this, less of that. What did you put in this? What, what's this flavor I'm getting? I, I don't even know how to identify it. Mm-hmm. And well, like, this is okay. A little bit less of that and a little bit more of this. I'm kind of, I'm more like an equalizer. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. I love that. I love that. So how did you, so the it was a candy shop. This was the store that your dad used to go to take you to. Um, how did you come upon securing that location? Like how'd that happen? And then and then like what you just said. You just said one day you was like, "I'm gonna open a pizzeria." Like how did how how, how did this happen? Um, me, you know, I love pizza, and growing up in all these pizzerias in Brooklyn, and, and you know, I always remember sitting there. Um eating this pizza and i'd be like if again at a young age i wish they had more of this less Mm, of this mm -hmm. you know it would make this pizza so much better if the crust was this way you know like so-and-so made a great crust and this guy had an amazing sauce and that guy had amazing cheese and i was like if you put those three together you'd have an amazing pizza um as far as far as you know the lease um I signed the lease not knowing what I was going to open. Oh, wow. And um, how that all came about was over a cup of coffee. Saturday afternoon, I go to the cafe to get a cup of coffee. Um, the, the location I have right now is Louis Candy Store. Okay. Um, again, um, my parents grew up in those, that store. My dad took me. Um, and it was a big part of my childhood. You know, I'd buy my baseball cards there or, you know, whatever. Bazooka Joe. <laughs> Bazooka Joe. They had the penny candy, the yep. whole, you know, yep. yeah, all about it, yeah. Yep. And um, uh, every time I would drive by the store, um, I would see it was like open sporadically. You know, gates were always down, mm-hmm. you know, or half up. And one Saturday afternoon, I go for a cup of coffee, and um, who happens to be? Now, Louie had passed away, okay. and his wife and son were doing it for like two years and, uh, you know, I go for this cup of coffee, and I see Rosemary, who is Louie's wife, and, and there with all the old ladies sitting down, you know, having coffee. And, you know, I went and I said hello to all of them. Um, a lot of them were my grandmother's friends. And I asked, I was like, Ro, you know, what's going on with the store? Every time I drive by, it's never open. You know, she's like, Mark, we're, uh, we're renting out the space. We're no longer going to do it. And I was like, you know, I felt, I was like, you know, I was like, all right, you know. And she had mentioned that someone was coming to look at it on Monday. And I was, you know, and I felt terrible. I was like, wow, I can't believe Louis is closing mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Got my coffee. Um, went back to the table, said goodbye to all of them. Um, and as I'm walking out, I just, I don't, 
you know, I, I always thought it was impro it wasn't proper to do what I did. But you know what? I as as I'm walking out, I, I, I remember stopping in the doorway. And I turned and I went back over to her and I was like, Ro, listen, you know, if things don't work out, let me know. I might be, you know, on Monday, let me know. I might be interested in the store. And, uh, and that was it. And I left. Um, if people knew where to find me on a Saturday afternoon, and that was at my uncle's barbershop, I get there and, you know, which was a few blocks away. Mm -hmm. And about a half hour later, the phone rings at the barbershop. Someone's looking for me. You know, my aunt hands me the phone, and it's her son, Anthony. I was like, you know, who never called me before. You know, <laughs> I knew him. Right, right. And uh, I don't even know how he got my phone number. Um, <laughs> and he was like, yo, I just spoke to my mom, and she told me you were interested in the place, and, you know, we would love to have you take it over. And that was it. I was like, all right, listen, I'll come meet you in, a, in an hour. Is that okay? And we'll talk. And I went down there and met with him and... You know, next thing I know, I'm signing a lease. I got $5,000 to my name. And, you know, I was thinking of my kid brother at the moment, you know, having him take the store over. Okay. You know, to make some yep. extra money. You know, mm -hmm. he was a carpenter, you know, union carpenter, had five kids, all on, you know, five and younger. And I figured maybe him and his wife can make some extra money, you know. And then, I don't know, I just started, you know, when I was in there, you know, and now um in Louis Candy store for the first time on the other side of the mm, counter. Mm. You know? Where Louis always was, or Anthony, or Rosemary. And now I'm in a back room that I didn't know existed. Mm -hmm. And I'm behind the scenes and my wheels just started turning. And it really started off was I love to build, I love to create. Mm -hmm. But my whole life I was building for someone else, I was creating for someone else. And I, I don't, you know, and I was, I just wanted to start building and creating. I'm in love with that era, you know, the, you know, the twenties, the thirties, mm -hmm. you know, cause I am into architectural design and all sure. that stuff, especially, you know, and I appreciate it. And I started seeing what was behind the walls and behind the counters and, you know, and it was like, and I just started building, not knowing what I was going to do. Mm. I, I, I ripped out Louis candy store. Wow. Which I, something I didn't want to do. Right. But here I am, you know, because it really was not in good shape. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there was any choice. And and I just started building it. You know, I was thinking diner, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. And then it, you know, it just hit me, pizza. And I built out the location. Um, you know, people are like, wow, you know, this place is so old. I was like, no, this place is brand new. <laughs> nothing, in, nothing in here is original to it. Right. You stood in the cellar, literally, you saw all the way up to the third floor. Mm. I ripped everything out. And people can't believe that. I was like, yeah. And, and, you know, I wanted to build, like, and I wanted to do it the, the, the way the craftsmen did it back. Like, there's no sheetrock. I did plaster work. and. Mm. You know, I put up that tin ceiling, and I laid those floors. I face-nailed them. I wanted to, to do it the old-school way. I wanted to be more like a movie set. Yeah. And it turned out pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into all things pizza. You need to cut me off, because I, you know, I have long stories. No, the stories are great. Right. We'll be back in a few seconds, everybody. Mark, we'll be back with more, Mark. Hey, everybody. What's up? It's your boy, MJ. 
I know you like podcasts because you're listening to one right now. And if you want another one to check out, you will love Where Wine Takes You. It's a Paso Wine podcast hosted by Adam Montiel. This podcast is all about the wines, winemakers, and stories of Paso Robles. It's available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also listen to it on their website, PasoWine.com. P-A-S-O Wine.com. Okay, we're back. Um, so, man, um, I, I can appreciate uh, that story. My grandfather was a Mason, um, and my dad did, uh, you know, he did Mason work and heating and air conditioning until he got a job at the post office. But, but like, um, you know, m- you know, my dad built us an in-ground pool and our like b- brick, you know, yep, cinder yep. block, him and his brother. So, um, I really can appreciate it. So I, I kind of, and I, at one point I wanted to be an architect, but I wasn't good enough at math. Um, <laughs> so, so I, uh. I, 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 you know, I, I get your sense of, uh, you know, the, the awe of architecture and, 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 you know, and, and I love, you know, all those old, that, you know, I love, I love brownstones. Like I live in Jersey, yeah. but like, but like, they're just like, shit, these brownstones, like, and, and, and a brownstone in Brooklyn versus one in Baltimore or down in Camden. I mean, you know, I'm that guy who's like, oh my God, you see that little, you know, I purchased, um, my family purchased our first, first brownstone. Um, it got contemned, condemned, had to be torn down. Mm. And I was like, fuck, I've always wanted to own a brownstone. And I think I'm the first person in about 70 years, you know, I built a brownstone from the ground up uh, and just completed it about two years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you, you build this amazing, uh, uh, I don't mean, but a cathedral for uh, uh, for pizza, but you know how to make pizza. No. So... <laughs> So how did you how did you learn how to make pizza? Um it, you know, it this is how it started. Um there was a, a pizzeria a few blocks away and I would actually hit up all the pizzerias. It's like, "Yeah, hey, you know, I'm having a party, you know, for my daughter and it's <laughs> can I buy doughs?" <laughs> so I would buy doughs. Okay. And and then uh I take those doughs back to my pizzeria and just Learn how to stretch them, you know, because that's that's where, you know, that that's the most important, the, the hardest part, mm-hmm. you know, where where technique comes into play, is stretching those doughs, you know. And I was like, damn, like how do these guys do this? Mm-hmm. And you know, and I just kept practicing, practicing, practicing on how to stretch dough. I said, once I get past that, I'm golden. Um, that's the hardest part, you know. Putting sauce and cheese on it is the easy part. Mm-hmm. Um, then I had to learn how to make that dough. And there was this uh, pizzeria, um, uh, Leonardo's. And as I was getting closer to the end, because basically what happened was it took me uh, two and a half years to build out the space. Mm, so you, I was doing it by myself. And you're just paying rent. Yeah. yeah to, to build yeah, out the yeah, space. Yeah, I managed. I figured it out. Yep. Okay. I figured it out how mm-hmm, to do it, mm-hmm. you know. We'll keep the story short. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, that part will be in the book. Yeah. And uh, I figured out, um, I got the space built out. I was like, all right, now I got to figure out this pizza thing, you know. And I bought these doughs and, you know, figured out the stretch. I was like, okay, this isn't too hard. And then I had to learn how to make pizza. And um, as this pizzeria Leonardo's was closing, I knew the family well. You know, they sold me some of their equipment. Okay. Um, 
And this is a story, you know, this is part of my, this whole thing that no one ever speaks about. You know, it was this guy, Joe, and his son, Lenny. Oh, God, I can't remember their last name. As they were closing, you know, and I asked them, I was like, yo, can you show me how to make pizza? And um, they showed me, they gave me a recipe. And, uh, you know, and that's what I pretty much opened up with. And with, you know, more experience, you know, I was like, you know, I got to make it better. I got to mm -hmm. make it better. Mm -hmm. And I came up with, you know, and I want to say about two weeks in, I nailed it, you know, after being opened. Wow. And, and, you <laughs> know, and, and that's what you eat today. So, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, was, I was totally, you know, from day one, you know, I'll never forget, you know, and here I am, you know, it took me two and a half years to build out. And then I, you know, learning the stretch and I'm like, I got to open this place, you know, <laughs> like, you know, uh, be, because what happened was, you know, I forgot to mention this part. We would, we, this big job at my company went on hold. Okay. And my boss told me, yeah, we're starting up 740 Park again in, in a month. I was like, okay, listen, let me get the pizzeria opened. I wasn't planning on being the pizza guy. Right. You know, hiring some, some pizza guys and let them make pizza. And, um, and I opened up and I opened up as the pizza guy thinking like, yeah, all right, I'm going to go back to my nine to five and own a pizzeria. Yeah. Nope. As soon as those doors opened, that was it. I never looked back. Wow. And, and I felt bad because I left my, you know, those weren't my plans. It was just like, it just morphed into what it is, you know, within two weeks. And this is, this is 2006-ish or? 06. Yeah. Yeah. We just passed 15 years. Wow. Uh, October 9th. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I, and I'll never forget, I was like, you know, I had some dough made, you know, and I was like, and I had some cheese there. I was experimenting and I called the landlord, I called up Rosemary. I was like, you know, and the place, I really didn't, I wouldn't let anybody in. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't let anybody see what was in there. I had the windows covered with paper. And I think uh, it was more out of curiosity that as soon as I took that paper down, people came. Like they Flock. were coming home. I called Roy, says, Roy, do me a favor. Come down and sit in the restaurant, make it look like we're open. And I took the paper down and, you know, cleaned the windows. She came down and I made her a pizza. And I want to say... Within an hour, the place was half full. Just people getting home from work, like, "Hey, what's going on here?" And and then about an you know an hour and a half later, every table was taken, and I was like, you know, and I think I made maybe fourteen pizzas, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like, <laughs> like, like, how the hell am I gonna? Do? I made fourteen pizzas, you know, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And then it just like word spread like wildfire. That's just like so, and I I think that's crazy. You know, um, I I think it was more about this beautiful space that sure, happened. sure, sure. You know, it was something out of another. You know, it was like a different era almost. Yeah, it took people back, and, and I made back. sure that nothing looked like it was from today. I antiqued everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I did all this stuff in the in the build out. Yeah. Um. So. You're building it out, and you don't really want to make pizza. But why did you go wood fired? Um, curiously, I, I th those weren't my intentions. But after I I built the space out, mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know if a gas oven's going to fit this place. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think a wood oven would look a lot nicer. Okay, you know, yeah. And that was it. So I went with that oven. 
Now, did you build? Did you build that oven yourself, or yes, or, yes okay. and no. Okay. Yes. Um, I hired a guy to do it. Okay. Um, the guy that he sent to build it, you know, only because I was so like busy doing everything else, and my masonry skills weren't that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy was like showing up at like nine, ten o'clock at night, and that's those were my hours because the build out. I was working my nine to five. That's right. You had your job. You know, I was yeah. I was doing my nine to five and then going there at you know, well eight to four, you know, getting there at four thirty and working to like ten eleven every night and on weekends because I was doing it all by myself, and uh, you know this guy would show up at like ten o'clock at night. He's like, yeah, just lock me in here. <laughs> I'm gonna be in the bathroom for like, you know, a half hour, and he was getting in there getting high. He's getting ready to go to work. Yeah, and I was like, yo, listen. <laughs> This guy you sent to build my oven, I either you come and do it or just talk me through it and I'll do it. And I finished about seventy five percent of it. Oh man. Yeah. Um so what is the the name, Lucali? What does that mean? Where did where did that come from? Louis. Okay. Um, you know, it was Louis Candy Store and my daughter's name is Callie and Lou Callie. Oh, okay. And I'll never forget, um, these Italian pizza guys, uh, I'll never forget this. You know, um, they did. Uh, they they opened up. Uh, they were one of the first people to open up the Neapolitan pizza style in the neighborhood, and they came to try it out. And uh, I was talking to them like Lucali, Lucali. Like, where did you get that name from? And I told them, they were like, you know, it also means like the local place to eat, locale. I was just saying, wow, okay. Yeah, and I never knew that. And uh, it was just like that's very serendipitous. Another one of those things. Like there are so many serendipitous stories, um, you know, with Lucali. My first day with the key, right? My first day with the key, walking into the restaurant by myself. Um, some guy creeps up behind me and tries to hustle me for money. Right, you know, he walks up with the empty uh, yeah. antifreeze can. Yo, buddy, my family's stuck in the car. I left my wallet home. I need gas. Can you help me out? And I look at this guy. I was like, Yo, you kidding me? He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to hustle me with that one. You know, you know what I'm saying? He's like, Yo, come on, man, help me out. And I was like, Do you want a job? And he was like, What? Yeah. Was like, Do you want a job? And he was like, Yeah. I was like, Here's forty bucks. Meet me here tomorrow at five o'clock. And he showed up. Now, I know I say I did the place by myself. No, I know what you mean, though. This guy was with me the whole time. And, um, you know, I became godfather to his two kids. Uh, and, and we're amazing friends today. And and there's another crazy story behind that. Come on. Come on now. Okay, so, Because <laughs> this is not on Netflix. See, this yeah, is, so, so, you know I mean? This is not on any, you know. So, you know, um, and that and that story continues to my opening of Miami. So I'm going to tell you the story. So this guy creeps up. And now, like, you know, we're in there working. My boys would come by and mm-hmm. say, you know, bullshit with me as if we were working. Or my brothers. And, you know, you know, guys doing there together. We talk about sports. Right. And Tony, uh, yeah, his name was Tony, the guy that was working with me. Um, every time we're talking about, you know, basketball. Yeah, my father, best best basketball player in, in East New York. He's a legend, you know, in, in, in the schoolyards. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. And, um, you know, Tony every now and then wouldn't show up for work. You know, we had baby mama drama or whatever. Right. You know, right. I'm, I'm not getting into that part of the story. So one day Tony doesn't show up to work. And um, doesn't show up for a week. And he finally gets in touch with me. And he's like, and him and his dad didn't talk. 
And um, he's like, yo, Mark, I can't come to work anymore. And I was like, why not? And he's like, my dad has cancer. Mm. And, you know, we kind of rekindled, you know, and I'm going to spend his, you know, Tony, forgive me for saying this. I didn't believe him. I thought he was just like, mm -hmm. you know, whatever he was doing, you know, give me some lame excuse. Sure enough, uh, three weeks go by and I get the phone call. His dad passed. So he was not lying. And I apologize for not believing you, Tony. And, you know, I go in the closet, get my black suit on, go out to East New York, go to this funeral. Thousand people at this funeral. And I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> Who's your dad? You know, right? I, I go up to the coffin and I say my prayer and he introduces me to his mom and his sisters. And you know how they put up the, the easel with the yep. photos on it. Yep. And I see, uh, you know, there's a high school basketball picture. And, you know, that was it. You know, I, I spent the night with Tony there at the wake, and uh, I go home. Two days later, I get a phone call from my kid brother. He's like, yo, you read the New York Times today? I was like, you know I you know read what the I mean. New York <laughs> Times. <laughs> what are you doing reading the New York Times? Because you don't read it either. You know, we read the sports page in the Daily News. We go from the comics to the sports page, right? And... uh he was like, yo, by the New York Times, you're never going to believe this. Tony's father's in it, in the obituary section. I was like, what? <laughs> and I grabbed the New York Times, and this had it. I think it was in, you know, I, I, st I saved it. I still have it. I think this was in uh, 06. Okay. And there's a story about this. Tony's dad, Anthony Jackson. You know who Anthony Jackson is? I've heard that name. He's like a he's like, he's like Rucker Park. Nope, no nope. lead scorer for St. John's University, right? And it, I I think this took I don't I don't know the dates whether it was sixties or seventies. Um, there was that whole point shaving scandal. Oh yeah, and um, it goes <sighs> on to tell the story how um, Tony's dad was involved in that. But what what happened was he was never found guilty. I think it, you know Tony told him this, and I think it even you know Tony told him the story what happened. His dad, you know, received the phone call like two o'clock in the morning. Woke him up. He answers the phone, and some guys like, "Yo, we need to meet you to meet us, mm -hmm. ex, you know, here at such and such a time." And now the scandal is out. So he thought it was one of his friends pranking him. It was a joke, mm. and. Hung up the phone, went about his business. They reach out, and you know the investigators, I, I guess. Um, and he got in trouble. He he was never found. You know, there's no mention of him shaving points, mm -hmm. but he did not report that phone call. So he's caught up in it, yeah. And it destroyed his career. <clears throat> yep, yep. And that's the Anthony Jackson story. Fast forward to 2013. I'm on a plane flying down to Miami to open up Miami Lucali. And as I'm on the plane, New York Times Channel, JetBlue, is on. And it is the opening night for the Brooklyn Nets. First game. Right? And, you know, there's the reporter standing in front talking to another reporter. And... They're speaking and they're talking about the best three basketball plays to come out of Brooklyn, right? 
and I, I, I think it was one of the King brothers, Bernard King. And, yeah, uh, Bernard King. I, a, uh, I think what's it might have brother named. I don't know. I maybe Camello. Okay. Anthony, I think was one, and then they go Anthony Jackson, and I was like, what? You know, and here they are talking about Tony's dad. You know, I met Tony. Yep. You know, going into my place for the first time, and now I'm on my way to open up my restaurant and. And I just thought it was this. Oh weird, my god, that's crazy, crazy man! Wow, man! And I was like, Anthony, did you he just say Anthony Jackson? I was you, like, you don't play the lottery on the regular. Did, man? I mean, did, did you ever hear of Anthony Jackson? <laughs> no, 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 no one knows no, about no. You know? you know, and I know why now because of the point shaving. Yeah, um, and you know it's kind of crazy. I literally watched a Netflix documentary about point shaving last week, bro. <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> in the nineties at ASU, and I and I was like, and and when you said that now, and this was in the nineties, I was like, wow, yeah, like point shaving was rampant in the 60s and 70s because like you know there was no internet it was really hard i mean yeah. but but organized crime was running you know yeah and like and and these guys but like this guy this this poor kid because he was stupid got lured for you know like fifty thousand dollars he lost millions you know yeah, yep, you know yep, yep. He, he was, he was going to be a first round draft pick yep and um i mean this dude was lighting up he lit up like UCLA for like 49 points. This kid was crazy at ASU. And I, I'm like, I don't, and I know I don't remember him because the point shaving, they, it just kind of went away. But that's just, your stories are just crazy how connected yeah. you are to everything. So um, you said like within like three hours, the place was packed. Full. Full. Okay. Not packed. Full. Okay, full. Well, full. Yeah, okay. Every yeah. table was taken. That, that's, that, listen, I, that's, <laughs> That's pretty impressive. You, yeah. You've been around this game for a while. But again, you know. it wasn't about the pizza. Like people like, yo, people thought I was crazy. Think about this. I signed a lease and I'm working on this place for two and a half years. Yep. Like, yo, I'm opening a pizzeria. They thought I was crazy for me. Like, you never made pizza before. I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> going to give it a shot. And then once like, you know, I pulled that paper down and they looked through that window, I guess, they wanted to come in, even if they weren't hungry. They just wanted to see what this dining room was all about. It was more about the dining room, I think, in the beginning. You know, but you said, but you did say this. But you said um, you were planning to do it for like two weeks, but you you could never look back. So like, yeah, I guess people just kept coming yeah. back, right? Yeah, and I'll never forget it. Um, you know, I I think on the on the second day, I was like, I, I called my my friend Mike. Um, I was like, Yo, Mike. Um, can you, you know, speak to your daughter? I need someone here to help me. Because he had mentioned to me, uh, you know, if, when you open up, if you need someone, my daughter, you know, looking for a job. And I was like, I called him second day. <laughs> you know, because I was just like, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to make pizza. And like, you know me, I'm a nut. Like, I was literally breaking the tomatoes open by hand and scraping the seeds out. Throwing the seeds out and throwing the whole tomato in a, and then putting it like, I didn't know about, what do they call those things? Uh, oh, uh, the rice. Yeah, rice, yeah, yeah. Or, or you can, you know, I didn't know about all, any of this. And um, she came in, and, and then I'll never, maybe three, four weeks in, um, you know, um, words spread like wildfire, and I couldn't understand how. And, um, um, and I didn't know there were these blogs. Um, Right. I knew nothing about the internet or the power of it. Right. Um, Chowhound. Yep. You know, yep. at the time. And, and I'll never forget. Um, literally, I, I remember like, you know, I had gotten a, um, 
I think it was my wife at the time. You know, I asked her to come and like, yo, I need help. Like there was, there was no order. There was no system. I didn't know stuff like this. Didn't have a POS system. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I remember closing the door and putting her back like this to hold the door shut. Like holding From the crowd people, yeah, back. Right. And people were angry. Because again, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know like the order. Like, they, all right, this, you know, people were outside and like they tell them, you know, I want to order two pizzas. I was like, all right, yeah, five minutes. You know, how long <laughs> did it take to make two pizzas, right? You know, and next thing I know, people are just like angry because they're waiting. I, they were told five minutes and it's been two hours. Right. And, you know, I waited two hours and I burnt their pizza on the bottom. I didn't even know to check the bottom. Right. In the beginning, top looked good. I'm sure the bottom was good too, you know, and, and and that's and it just you know it just snowballed. Oh my god! And I was figuring it out. I love this. Like you literally are figuring it out as you go along. Yeah, that's that whole uh, yeah. It's like what they say: uh, building your parachute on the way down. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's. A, I've never heard anyone uh, use that. I use that term. Don't worry. Um, so, <clears throat> one thing your restaurant, your your your, and first of all, yeah, I I had this question. I did a little video on the way in, and so, uh, like you said, I'm not a chef because you have the reverence for people who who. who yeah. So you the pizza man? What is it? What is there? Is, is there a term? Because like like you know, in, in wine there's a sommelier, and uh, you know there's a barista. If you work at a, a coffee shop, like yeah, is there yeah. like a fancy pizza? Are you just the pizza man? The pizza guy? Like pizza man? You know, I don't even like when people call me a pizzaiola. Right. Okay. You know, so pizza, man. pizza. You know, that's what I grew up with. Yeah. You know, like the 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 word margarita. Never heard it before. Like when 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 I went into these pizza shops. It said plain pie, ten bucks, pepperoni pie, you yeah. know, and and I'm this loving. is and you know yeah whatever it was like it was. a dollar more back yeah, in the yeah day. you know <laughs> and and like so I always called it a plain pie right and that's what we all called it right. like me all my you know everybody if you grew up in Brooklyn you walked in you didn't say yo let me get a margarita right. You know, no and I'm from Jersey. There was no margarita pizza. Yeah. You, 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 you know? just go get a slice. And yeah. It, it had... yeah. Until we had the, this wave of these uh, <laughs> Neapolitan pizzaiolas, you know, come to New York back in, uh, God, what was it? The 2000, yeah. you know? And all of a sudden you start seeing these artisanal, you know, I'm, right. I'm making those little rabbit ear things. Right, right, right. You know, the, this the quote artisanal, unquote, yeah. yeah <laughs> this artisanal, you know, Neapolitan style pizza. And, and like, and but a lot of people even come in like, you know, today they're like, um, you know, and they X the menu because we recite it. We don't have written menus. And like, you know, yeah, plain, plain pie, 26 bucks. And they're like, what do you mean a plain pie? Is there sauce on there? Is there cheese on there? I'm like, yeah, that's the plain pie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, you mean a margarita? Yeah, okay, a margarita. That's so funny. Um, yeah, let's talk about the pizzolas and the, and the, uh, was the, the uh, attack of the uh, killer Neapolitan pizzerias that happened. Um, I was, and my own, well, I'd seen you on Ugly Delicious, you know, years ago, but I watched it again when I knew, when we knew you were coming on. Um, that whole organization uh, that certifies true Neapolitan pizza, I mean, like, 
I, I was watching it for the second time. I was like, I was like, man, what a racket! Like, like they're selling ovens, they're selling cheese, like they're selling tomatoes. Like, and if you don't have that, it's not Neapolitan yes. pizza. Yes. And what I mean, and you 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 share a little bit, but like, I like your attitude on this. Like, like what what is it um, that you think makes uh, your pizza so? I mean, I'm a, I fucking grew up eating pizza. Like I. There was this one corner in my town where, like, there was three pizzerias. There was Tony's, there was Tuzio's, and there was Nunzio's. I'm a Nunzio's guy. But literally, they walk across the street. It was like a little triangle. Like, they, like there was so much pizza in my town. Like, people could literally have a pizzeria next to each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, thin crust, like yours. Like, so when you see, like, when I was watching that, like, that Neapolitan with that big kind of puffy lip, like... Yours is thin. Like, why did why did you, how did you end up with the the like that true thin crust all the way around, just nice fold? How did I wind up with that? Yeah, like because um, because do you still roll with a, a wine bottle? Yeah, an experience. Like I told you, I didn't know how to make pizza. I didn't know the science behind the dough. Um, that's something I I think three weeks in. Um. You know, uh, Joe, when he taught me, he was like, yeah, you know, you fill the bucket up to this line, you know? Yeah. And, okay, I fill the bucket, which was pretty much the top of the bucket. And, you know, and me walking over to the dough mixer with this full pail of bucket, you know, maybe a little spilled on the floor, you know? <laughs> and I didn't have enough water in the dough one night. Mm-hmm. So it was very tough. And now I have this line and I have all these orders to fill and I can't stretch this dough. The hydration is way too low. And... um. I remember calling my brother. I was like, yo, you got to get over here with Grandma's rolling pin. And he just took too long. And I saw a wine bottle and I improvised and started rolling the dough out because it would not stretch. I couldn't stretch it by hand. And and it stuck. And then you stay, and that's down that's your dough recipe. And it stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like you were talking a few moments ago about how the blogs and, you know, uh, started uh, kind of just blowing up the restaurant um was 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 do you think the blogs like what became how did it become this 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 byob mecca um again me growing up in these pizzerias you know i you know again i was like you know we drank either like you know the the that orange grape fountain yeah, you know the side by side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had Pepsi, we had Coke. You know, we had a quarter water. Right. With our pizza, never in my life did I ever walk into a pizzeria and see wine. Right. Any slice shop, shop in right. you know, like I says, pizzerias like mine pretty much did not exist in New York. You know, they were these slice shops. You but you did have um, Lombardi's, Grimaldi's. Okay. Um. Patsy's, yeah. Arturo's, and maybe John's on Bleecker, right? These old school coal oven places. Mm-hmm. That was it. There was a handful of them left. And, uh, you know, everyone transferred throughout the years to these slice joints. And did you recall any of them selling wine? No. No. And I never went to those fancy places. No, and I, I, and yeah, and I went to Grimaldi's, I think, when I, the first time was like 97 or something. Yeah. I mean, growing know, up, Patsy's. I never went to those places, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I stayed within my, I was in my box, yeah. you know, growing up. And um, 
So I was like, what do I need wine for? Well, I'm not selling wine. And, you know, so now here I am making pizza and people are like, hey, do you mind if we bring a bottle of wine? I was like, uh, no. <laughs> All right. So, and then like, you know, it was like, I, I didn't even know what BYOB was, you know? And they started and I, I became known for best BYOB restaurant in New York. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I didn't even know there was a list for it or a category, <laughs> you know. I didn't know about Zagat and all these things, you know. Yeah. I was a jock. From from jock, I went to construction, and you know, I ate at the local spots. I, I didn't know about these food blogs. I was like, oh. and I started reading. I was like, you know, these people need to get a life. <laughs> well, what's going on here? They go home and they write about the fact that I didn't have anchovies. You know, I was like, I, I found it weird. Right, right. Little did I know, you know, here we are today, and everyone's a food blogger. Oh, everyone's a food blogger. You know. Oh, my God. Um, So, do you, like, what was the first critic came in? Because they don't announce, like. Well, well, that, that's, you know, again, very, I, I, God, I think I may have been open a week, too. And it was late night. And it was just me and Missy, that, that first girl. And the place wasn't that, you know, it was late night. We had, I had maybe four tables. I had four tables in the restaurant. It was about nine o'clock at night on a, maybe a Monday. And Missy was um, serving one table, and I had made a calzone. And I said, you know what, just let me bring it over to the table. And I walked over to the table, and I dropped the calzone on my way back. Um, she goes, yo, you gave the calzone to the wrong person, to the wrong table. I like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I go over to the table. I says, guys, listen, I apologize. I gave you a calzone to them. I'm going to make you one right away. And he was like, okay, great. And I, uh, and, I'm, and I made his calzone, and I brought it over to the table. And I didn't have anything else left to make. So I make my rounds. You know, I'm trying to get some feedback from mm -hmm. people. And I stop by this one table, table eight. And no, and then, no, that was it, right? And then, you know, I brought the guy the calzone, and he was like, "Hey, listen, you know, I, I write a food column. Uh, do you mind if I give you a call tomorrow when you're not busy, um, and interview you?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah, sure." <laughs> like I was like. It's like, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, these sitcoms I used to watch. Like, you know, I remember there was this one specific sitcom with, uh, you know, Three's Company. I was like, yeah, yeah. this guy's trying to get a free meal out of it. Right. You know, this this doesn't happen. I'm, I'm a, you know, and I was like, uh, yeah, sure. I says, all right, I'll give you my number. And I wrote my number down and I gave him my number. And that was that. And, and now I hit up the next table and I see this guy and... Uh, I asked him how his pizza was, and uh, he goes, wow, this pizza is really good. And he goes, but do you have a hot spot in your oven? I was like, what? And he lifts up his pizza, and you can see the pie was cooked perfectly mm -hmm. on the bottom. One mm -hmm. half, the other half was burnt to a crisp. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't know what I'm doing right. at this point. And I was like, I felt bad. And I was like, you know, and I don't know, like, that, that's me, you know? I'm not doing it because of a rope of because I didn't know this stuff even existed right. at the time. Right. And I was like, you know what? I feel terrible. Let me make you a new pie. He's like, no, 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 that's not. I says, no, I insist. He goes, okay. He goes, do you mind if I take a few pictures? And I was like, I found this weird. 
Like, you want to take pictures of me? I was like, okay. That's so awesome. I got back there and I'm making him his pizza. And um, he starts taking pictures. And I was like, you know, why are you taking pictures? <laughs> he goes, well, I write a food blog. And okay. again, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know what a blog What's is. What's a blog? <laughs> What's a blog? Yeah. You know? And I was like, well, okay, which one? I asked him. Right. He goes, um, it was Adam Kuhlman from Slice, New York. Okay. I was like, okay. All right, well, okay, yeah. Adam. All right. Yep. But there's another table sitting there, right? And they were like, oh, my God, you're Adam from Slice? They're like, we're Peter and Katie from Chowhound. We read your blog all the time. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? You're going to make me curse. <laughs> yeah. you, you cursed for me. I'm like, like, what the fuck? I'm like, WTF, you know? <laughs> well, WTF, I don't think existed back in the Olympics just yet. <laughs> no, exactly. Right. So you picked up some, uh, some, uh, yeah, so I was like, internet yeah. lingo. I'll, I'll never forget, like, you know, someone kept texting me, lol. And finally I asked, I was like, yo, when I saw them, I was like, why do you keep writing lol? And they're like, what are you talking about? I says, every time you write a text, you write lol. They're like, no, that's laugh out loud. It's awesome. like, okay. So, um, back where were we? And Chow like, Hound yeah, and, 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 and I was Slice like, New York. Yeah, yeah, right. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And that was it. And I continued. And sure enough, you know, I go home, I go to sleep, I wake up the next morning to a phone call, and it's this guy that was in my restaurant the night before, and uh, he interviews me. I was like, okay, and the interview was over. I was like, wow, he was real. He wasn't looking for a female. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, what, you know, who do you write for? He was like, oh, um, um, we're, we're Rob and Robin Patronite, um, and we write for the New York Magazine. I was like, okay, whatever, right. you know, and I went about my business, and I see my boy Joe, and I tell him, and, you know, he's kind of like the smart guy, and, you know, the, the educated, <laughs> more sophisticated guy in the group. I was like, yeah, yeah, I got to, you know, he's like, yo, your pizzeria is everyone's talking about. I was like, yeah. He says, I, I did an interview today. And he was like, with who? I says, uh, New York Magazine. He was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, New York Magazine. He was like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, no. And, like, he can't absorb this. Right. Because here, like, he thought I was crazy for opening a pizzeria. Right. He was like, yo, you're opening a pizzeria. You don't know shit about the Now you're in New York Magazine. Pizza. And I was like, I was like, yeah, what's the big deal? It's fucking, <laughs> you know, it's New York Magazine. It's not like the, you know, Daily News. Because <laughs> that was the paper I read. Exactly. Day, exactly. Know? That to me was, right. you know, the holy grail. I wanted to be in the Daily News. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, um... And he's like, Mark, this is a big deal. And then, you know, we were in a coffee shop and he pulls out a New York magazine mm -hmm. that was sitting in the car and he shows me, look, they write about restaurants. Yeah. Restaurant. And he's teaching me. And um, yeah, so I was in New York. And uh, then I don't know how it came about. Um, the Secret Diner. Okay. And uh, November, maybe third week in November or... Maybe second week in November, I get a phone call. And there was some guy who wanted me to do an interview for the New York Times. And again, I'm like, yeah. And you know, this guy interviews me. And it was Peter Meehan. Mm -hmm. And November, I think, third week in November, New York Times article comes out. And I was like, 
who the fuck reads the New York Times? <laughs> you know? No. Or, you want to hear crazy, you know, a quick crazy story. Growing up, I worked in these soda shops. Right. You know, I never worked in movies. I worked at Pete's. Okay. It was the compete, because they used to make egg creams and compete against each other. And, and then it went on to be Peepaw's candy store. And I remember, you know, growing up in this blue-collar neighborhood, you know, I had to put the the the, the, the Sunday news together right. on Saturday night. Yep. And, you know, and it was like three feet high, eight feet long, the, the pile. And there were like five New York Times. That I had to put together. Right, right, exactly. You know, it wasn't sold in your neighborhood. People didn't read no, it. They no, it was a very yeah. blue collar yeah, neighborhood. That's yeah. what we grew up on. You know, that, that's so. Awesome. And and this, you've been open like, like this is all like like in the first couple months, right? This is just like, yeah, yeah. I opened up '06, and, and you know, I opened up October 9th, '06, and if I'm not mistaken, November 20th, which is 26 days. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in the New York Times. What's even crazier, though? And, wait, I think my mic. Am I still here? No, you good. Yeah. Um, it's no social media back then. No. Like I remember, uh, I used to go to my mom's house because she had a computer. I didn't even have a computer. I love it. I used to go to my mom, like, and I'm googling Chowhound, and I'm like, these people are talking about me, you know. And uh, yeah, and that was it. I never looked back. Dude. So then, who was the first? Celebrity to walk in the door. Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. Okay. Was he in town working on a movie or something? I have no, no idea. idea. Didn't know who he was. All I remember was he came in, and I had all the, the young uh, neighborhood girls working for me as waitresses. Mm -hmm. You know, and they started going crazy. And <laughs> no, 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 no. But what I realized was, um. I next thing I know, I got about thirty girls in front of my restaurant screaming, <laughs> waiting for this guy to come out. And uh, yeah, and uh, you know, and that's I was like, I was like, what's going on? And I see like one of my waitresses uh, texting the girls outside, and she, what she did was she called up and uh, her friends, you know, and it just spread like wildfire. And then like, there's a bunch of little Josh Hartnett groupies in front of my restaurant, right. and I was like, okay. Um, I was, I didn't know, but I was smart enough to know, or, or just my feeling on the whole thing was, I don't think this guy wants this. Right. And then I made a rule. Listen, when people are in this restaurant, you don't call anybody. And I started, um, next one was the guy from, uh, the Sopranos, the guy with the ponytail. Um, I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, um. Uh, the guy from Italy. Yeah. You know the guy. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. That Camilla who, who had the, yeah, had the yeah. favorite Camilla. Yeah, yeah. Right? <clears throat> and, and then the third one was Holly Berry. And I was like... And you knew her, though. Yeah, I knew her. <laughs> I knew her, yes. <laughs> and I, I'll never forget that night when she, like, came walking into my restaurant. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, what is she doing in this little hole in the wall in downtown Brooklyn? So, and then, like, it's like, it's it's just um, it's amazing. Um, and then so, you know, we were we were we were talking before we got into the podcast, and um, you know, I think David Beckham comes a lot. He seems yep. to have a friendship with him. Like, how yeah, did, yeah. how did he how did he happen? I mean, I, he just, I mean, just, I mean, I guess someone told him or just working. I, yeah. I I I I got a phone call. From I, I happen to know a lot of guys in the uh, security industry. Okay. 
um, you know, from from all the celebs coming in. Yep. You know. Yeah. And I would, and one of them called up. One of their guys may have had a, uh, you know, was taking care of David while he was mm -hmm. in New York, and they called me, and, and he came in, and um, uh, you know, uh, an amazing man. He really is. He really is so down to earth and just like chill and gracious and unpretentious. Everything about him, and you would never think it. You know, you know. I mean, not that you would never think it. Like, you know, one like with everybody that comes to like again. You know, this is living in a box. Mm -hmm. You know, like in, in in my neighborhood, if you played with a soccer ball, you got beat up. <laughs> yeah you know you don't you know you play baseball football basketball mm. hockey that's it and uh not realizing that it is the most popular it's sport the, is, in the it, world it is it is the world you know sport, and, yeah. and and, and they, they are the most famous athletes and uh yeah people don't i mean the I money they make is staggering because it's a worldwide sport I, I don't know about that end of it you know i, I you know but and then I was like, you know, because the people that were really getting harassed, you know, I got Paul McCartney sitting in my restaurant. I got yeah, Paul I mean, dude, sitting in my restaurant. Yeah. No one's harassed. These soccer players get tortured. Wow. And, uh, you know, and just David's like, David will just pop up and like, hey, you know, um, just wanted a pizza. Not even cold sometimes. Like, yeah. Mind sitting me while I eat? I was like, um, me? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, he's that kind of guy. And then I also I know um, uh, Jay and Beyonce love your place a lot. Two 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 lovely people. Um, uh, you know, been there at least three hundred times. Mm. You know, and um, over the years, I mean, they've been coming since uh, I think oh seven. Mm. Yep. And uh, again, super chill. They walk in, they sit shoulder to shoulder. They don't want special attention. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like sometimes they'll do a buyout. <laughs> you know right, right, I mean? right, right, right. But like you know, they're sitting elbow to elbow mm -hmm. with um, with the people in the restaurant, mm -hmm. and no one bothers them. Right. That's what's kind of I mean, cool I about would... New York. I think most people, yeah, we know how to chill. Yep. When, when someone, yes, you know, yes, yes. And, and and you know, like you know, you see, you know. You know, Jay and Beat would come in and like, you know, Jay um, nods to everyone as he, walk, as he walks through the dining room, says hello. I've seen him give a, you know, sometimes they're sitting there for two, three hours. Sometimes they're there for 40 minutes, you know, and he'll have like a, a $2,000 bottle of wine mm -hmm. that they didn't finish, hand it off to the table next to them. You know, they'll bring in dessert because we don't do dessert. Pass it around the dining room. Um, don't get me wrong; people have that. There were have been a few incidents, mm -hmm. but when you think of the overall, for the most part, people are just super chill about it. Yeah. You know, a lot of times they don't even realize they're in there. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. people are so focused; the place is so dimly lit, right. and they realize when they leave. Right, it's like oh <laughs> they're shit, like, they're like <laughs> because you'll see like this big SUV just like pull up, and, and, and you know, and they'll they'll just get in. They're like. You know, the doors swing open and security comes out and, and you know, and even with the, uh, you know, when, when people do go over the table, you know, they're super polite about it, you know, but 
They just, you know, like I'll never forget there was this one kid. They were leaving and, um, you know, J&B were, were there sitting at the little kid and um, kid comes back. You know, as as they were leaving, J&B were walking in and... Uh, you know, you know the rule is like they're super friendly to everybody, but when they're having dinner, they just want to be like normal people and mm -hmm. have their dinner, and not be interrupted. You know, and you know the kid comes up to the door, and I happen to be standing. There. He's like, uh, oh, can, can, and he comes back with a pen and paper, and he's like, you know, can I go in there and get Beyonce's autograph? And I'm like, oh shit, but I, I don't know what to do. And you know the. I turned to this one of the security guards that was sitting outside eating. I was like, "Yo, Romero, you know," mm -hmm. and he was like, "You know, no, just you know, wait, just wait till their dinner's over with, and they'll be more than happy to, you know." And the little kid, little kid was like, "But, but my parents are leaving. But I gotta go I home." Gotta go home. <laughs> and he was like, he brought him in over to the table, and this little kid got an autograph. Oh, that's awesome! You know, that's awesome. And they were more than happy to do it. That's awesome. So with all this, like. Um, <clears throat> Success, well, well deserved, and I, I, I think the reason why you've been is because you built it. Did you put so much into building it? Like literally, like Rome wasn't built in a day. Lucali's was not built in a day, <laughs> but when it opened up, it was right. It, the time was right, and it was yeah. ready. And um, so, what um, prompted you uh, just because you just opened a slice place? So is that like a nod to your youth to have a slice place? Um, something I've always wanted to do. Um, Lou Cali was originally supposed to be that. That's the pizza I grew up on. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I was tinkering, tinkering around like, you know, my spare time with that. And, you know, it just, again, Lee's fell into my lap and we put it together um I, it's still not opened okay um that pizza that you know for whatever reasons i'm not getting into the story right now um it's a lo another long story and i don't want to take up all your time with this story but i have yet to get in there and make pizza okay you know there is pizza in there right now mm -hmm. um it, it's the work of uh aminu and uh adam adam i apologize i can't remember your last name um and they're just in there right now making uh you know adam's pizza mm -hmm. Um, you know, Adams from the Bread Lab, okay. a very uh, renowned baker. Um, and, you know, I've been really uh, tied up with a lot of things that I have not been able to get in there and do what I want to do. Sure. So, I, you know, um, I'm probably going to have a grand opening, uh, um, I would venture to say, maybe within the next three weeks. Okay, cool. And get in there and really, you know, start making the pizza that I grew up on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. So as we wrap up at the top of our, what was um, <clears throat> best pizza you've had that's not yours? So I know, like, um, I, I went to college in New Haven, and so, but I never had New Haven pizza until I was much later, you know, with, um, um, and I know you took the pilgrimage up to New Haven and, and you hung out <clears throat> at Pepe's, and um, and then you also went to Italy. What's, what's like, the best pie you've had that's not yours you know what i'm, I'm not gonna answer this question <laughs> <laughs> come on I'm man not, I'm not. um <laughs> i i love um it, it's like when when people ask me what's my favorite restaurant okay 
Um, I go to restaurants. Um, I mean, they're out there, and, and some of them I do go to. But I kind of go to a restaurant for a particular dish. Got it. You know? Mm-hmm. And I go to pizzerias for a particular pizza. You know, okay. if I want a certain grandma slice, I'm going to my boy Frankie. Yep. That's pizza. If I want a... Uh, an old school traditional slice i'm going to either luigi's viscotti's or joe's you know it's just and you know i'm just it's like that you know if i want that high-end traditional slice i'm going to the farrah's right you know yeah all depends on what i'm in the mood for you know i i love all these versions right but all these versions are predominantly um offshoots of traditional New York style pizza. I'm not really big into the artisanal, you know, Neapolitan. Um, I'm a New York guy. Yeah. New York I'm, pizza. Uh, listen, simple works better for me, man. Yeah. Just be good. Just get, and you said this, I, I like what you said. You said, just, just get really good with the basics. Just do, do, yeah. do something yeah, yeah. simple yeah, really, yeah, yeah, really yeah. well. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Yep. And you're knocking out the park, man. Um, this was fun, and uh, some point we'll have to have you back because you got story of fun story of oh, fun that, story, that one, bro. Yeah. <laughs> we're done. We're, we're, unfortunately, you know, I always get nervous doing these things, <laughs> you know, because I'm like, you know, what am I going to talk about? I'm a, I'm a yes no guy. <laughs> you know, I never wrote an essay in, in you know go, going through school, high school. I was like, you know. Uh, Civil War. Uh, Abe Lincoln was trying to free the slaves. The North <laughs> fought the South. Done. That's you know that was me. I know. Had a, you know I needed another eighty words. You know. All right, everybody. This is uh, your boy MJ. I was here with Mark Iacono of Lucal. He's in Brooklyn. Uh, amazing story. Amazing guy. He's such a he's so humble and just and just uh, just just a good spirit and just a artisan like i just have got that theme from you thanks for being here until next time everybody cheers to the mavericks the philosophers the deep thinkers and all you wine drinkers peace it was a great being here thank you for having me thank you so much for listening i hope you learned something you had some fun while you were here please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list.